When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. How you doing? Hey, not too bad. How about you? Hi, John. Nice to talk to you. It's nice talking to you too, Tillman. It's really good to actually have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. And, you know, in case anybody's actually wondering, I actually have Tillman on the show tonight. And he actually has a little independent film that is in the works over at Europe, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, and it's called uh, the Midas Touch. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Okay. Yeah, that's what it. That's exactly what it's called. Okay, because in the states, you know, it's kind of like that commercial, the Midas Touch. So, you know, <laughs> so it's. I like how it's actually kind of playing a little bit off of that from the United States to that part. So it is. I was thinking about that, that because a lot of people know that, and there's a, a connection, and it's known all over the world. The Midas Touch to that commercial that you just referenced but it's also it goes actually back to greek mythology because it used to be the the story as you probably know of the a greek king who wanted to be uh, he was greedy and wanted to have everything that he touched mm. to be gold and so yep. he, and so then he ended up having a problem because you know when you want to eat something and it's gold that's a bit right. problematic and so we in this in our case it's a bit different because in our movie it's actually whatever the guy he has the Midas touch touches. Whenever he touches a woman, she becomes completely infatuated with him, and he's just madly in love. And that's our Midas touch. So it's not gold, but it's women that you get through that. Right, because here's the thing: with the trailer itself, and also too in the trailer, it also says, "Are you fed up with your life or doing the day to day day routines?" And it's Basically, what I'm getting out of it is it's about this zero who wants to be this hero. Yeah. Who also, <laughs> and also, too, I can actually tell that you're probably going for like maybe a little bit of a dark comedy as well with mm-hmm. a lesson learned. Exactly. In yeah. this as well. Yeah, that's it. Yes, yeah, spot on. Okay. Because I definitely love that aspect where you're actually changing the gold to a woman. Because <laughs> as a guy, I mean, you know. Who doesn't want to actually be, you know, a man, you know, I'm talking about like, I don't want to say man whore or anything like that. So that's <laughs> not the perspective I'm actually looking yeah. at. But no, but who doesn't want to have the confidence to talk to a woman and be the man, you know what I'm saying? To sure. be able to actually get these, to get, be able to get girls, to have the confidence to talk to women. Definitely. And because to be that kind of person. I think we don't get a lot of credit for that these days because a lot of focus is on women. But, you know, it's not so easy to be a guy, especially when you 
need to go out there and put your heart on the sleeve and then just connect to a woman. And they can be quite tough when they turn you down. So it's not easy. That's exactly the no. situation for a, a protagonist who at the beginning of the movie is, is really in, in a bad place. He works for this agency who's doing a, um, a campaign for uh, a politician who runs for governor. And he's completely bullied by his boss and the secretary all the time. Mm. And he's not good with women. And so he ends up going to a, a seminar, kind of self-help seminar that focuses on, you know, give guys the confidence to, to speak to women. But unfortunately, he's kind of a butt of the joke and, and they're all making fun of him too, the, the, you know, the leader of the seminar. And so he's really desperate. And then he meets that guy when he comes into the bar and he has a flock of women behind him and he thinks, wow, that's, that's great. What's the story with him? What's that all about? And he talks to the guy and, you know, he seems to be kind of annoyed by it. Yeah, they follow me all the time. He doesn't want to have that anymore. And <laughs> so he, he swaps with our protagonist and he gets the Midas touch and he's not really what he bargained for. And it's, it's a lot different than he thought it was going to be. Right, that's what I'm actually getting to as well. Like, he kind of made a deal with the devil kind of yeah. thing, like bedazzled. And I like that. I like that whole entire aspect where there's actually a lesson to be learned. Yeah, you can have the confidence and everything, but it's not what you're bargained for with that confidence. But it's kind of like going with the Spider-Man reference, where great, res- uh, where great power becomes uh, great responsibility. Yeah, yeah, right. If you will. And, you know, I like that aspect. I like what you're bringing to it. It's actually, it's different. It's actually about this. I also see him as being a pushover where he actually does need to stand on his own and everything too, which is also part of the whole confidence level as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I just want to say this. The uh, poster in itself is very unique. <laughs> yeah. And... Like, when you sent me that this morning, like, I was like, get this, I was like, four o'clock in the morning, my eyes were barely open. Oh, sorry. I'm like, I woke you up. No, it's a, no, 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 just fine, because about an hour and 30 minutes later, I had to be up for work anyways. Oh, so, so, but, you know, it's also me trying to get used to the whole time difference, though, too, because of the fact of daylight savings time. Oh, I sure. We got, we got that changed, too, the, the other week. Right. right. Same thing. Right. So it's just me trying to adapt to daylight savings time. But anyways, I'm like, wait, did someone just send me a picture of a vagina? <laughs> well, and, or a flower, <laughs> whatever way right. you look at it. <laughs> right. But I like how unique it actually is because the way I looked at it was it was this goddess, mm-hmm. the seducer, yeah, if you will, that's supposed to make that deal with that main protagonist. Mm-hmm. And it has this mythological being, if you will, that's supposed to be the seducer. Exactly. And I'm, I'm glad that comes across because we wanted to, to uh, actually convey exactly that. And I've been talking, this was actually the last thing we did for the movie. It's been finished for quite some time. We're preparing to get it released to Indie Rides movies soon enough, you know, one of these days. And so the last thing I did uh, with an artist called David Shinshow was actually um, talk about this poster. And we wanted to have something that is could be a representation of, of the beauty of women. And so we came up with this idea of the flower. But obviously it's also, you know, to kind of give the whole story 
put it all in one picture. And that's actually what it does because he's falling into uh, the, the flow and he's not in, in control of what's happening to him. So he's actually kind of like a, a leaf in the wind. He's not, he's, doesn't control is what happened, what's happening to him and, and women. And there are also all these connotations that you have, like falling in love and he's falling into the flower. Mm. And it's definitely what you said, that this is this magical female power that he actually has no control over. And he learns that the hard right. way. <laughs> I could definitely see that. And it's also kind of like falling into the abyss. Yeah, um, sure, that too. Of it as well. It's also because he's not familiar with it, not familiar with the confidence, not familiar with anything. He's oblivious to it because it's something new that he hasn't experienced before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. And what would and yeah, go I have a quick question for you. Like one of my friends noticed because I actually sent out the trailer to them so the way they can watch it, and they were wondering if there's like any other characters that are people of color in this film because the only one that's actually a person of color is the secretary. But they just want to actually. They were kind of curious at the fact that if there's like any other people of color, any type of uh, person out there. Yes, we do. We have a, a, okay. a cult because later in the movie, a lot of people, because of the power that our protagonist Felix has, you know, the power of the Midas touch, a lot of people are after him. And one of the people who are after him is a cult leader, and he has a, a you know female following. And one of those followers of the cult is actually um, in Africa. Well, you would say. She's not actually African American because she's from Europe, but she's that that, that type. Right. Uh, so she so she um, has a, an important role, and actually, as she's the person that doubts the um, the teachings of the cult, if you will, and she's a bit of a renegade and opposes that. So yeah, we we have uh, actually two Gaussian women in the movie, but we also have. Uh, a guy from Colombia. It's actually an international cast. We have protagonists okay. from England. We have an American uh, guy in there, Clayton Emerald, great guy. We've got some German people. It's all over the place, yeah. And okay. I wanted to do that. I like. I okay. tried to do that with the cast. It's not always easy to find the right people. But that was actually one of my aims, to have it, you know, diverse casting. Right. That, that's something I was wondering, though, too, because I like diversity within a film in itself. You yeah, know? it makes it more interesting. Exactly. And I do have to say, I mean, you definitely have this whole entire persona where you're, you know, you can look at the poster one way because I actually sent the poster out to some of my other mm-hmm. friends and I asked them, I said, what do you actually <laughs> see in this poster? I said, and don't say a vagina. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because that's the first thing you're going to actually see. Right. Tell me what else you see in this. And you know what? They actually the, the perfect analogy to actually use for your poster is like a 3D uh, poster. Back in the 90s, mm-hmm. you remember the 3D posters? Yeah. And so that's the analogy that I got from it was like a 3D poster. You can actually see different aspects of it. And that's actually what some of my friends actually saw though as well. Yeah. I was talking to the, to my artist, uh, David about that. And I was thinking of those pictures where you, when you look at them, I think that's what you're referring to. You can see an old woman or you can see a young woman, depending on which way you look at it. And it's also a bit like, you know, those, those, uh, internet things where some people see one color and other people see another color. It just depends. And, and once you've seen it one way, 
it's kind of hard to step out of that. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, you can also look at it from that perspective. And all of a sudden it changes and you see it differently too. The most definitely. And also too, it's been a while since we actually had posters like yours to where we can actually think yeah. about things. Because if you noticed, in I want to say maybe in the 2013 to 2017 film, films all we got was people's yeah. faces <laughs> black and white clearly that's what the posters look like nothing but faces on the poster mm-hmm. and i'm like okay this does not do anything artistically to actually sell me what this movie is about yeah. it does not make me think about what this movie is about artistically so why should i care about your movie is basically what i'm saying from a film audience it is a bit boring yeah. with your post Right, and with your poster, it could mean several different things to somebody else, and that's the beauty of art. Thank you so much. And you actually brought, you're very welcome, because here's the thing, you brought something to your poster that hasn't been done, in my opinion, since the (laughs) 90s, whenever they were coming out with different posters, different layers to actually make audiences actually think before they even see Mm -hmm. the trailer. Because here's the thing, you actually want your audience to actually think about that poster the whole entire time, and then finally when you see the movie, uh, the trailer to that movie, you have the poster to go back on it. And I don't feel like we actually get that now. We don't have that. And that's something that we're actually missing in the U.S., is something around that. It's a bit sad. It's because, you know... It's all big corporations who make movies these days and have their lawyers. And then one star comes in and says, you know, I want my head to be exactly the same size that the head of my co-star is. And, you know, the the funny thing that I always realized, you know, once the period started where they just had those big heads on there, or just the people, is that you don't have the, the people on the poster in the same order as the names on top. <laughs> because the, you know, there's a, a there's a rule to it. Who's which name is first is obviously the, the biggest star, then the name is second. But that's not always the way it, they're placed in the picture. And so it's silly because you see then Harrison Ford. It says you know above the head of of Tom uh, Hanks, and it says Tom Hanks above the head of Harrison Ford. And I was like, that's so silly. Why can't they do that accordingly? And and it, you see. Oh, sorry. I no, 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 no and, and yeah, it's actually that. That reminded me of that. But you're absolutely right. It, it's boring. It's just people. It's no. Uh, I know they're not trying to to sum up the movie with the with the um, photo, and they don't have a a great idea as to how to to make it interesting and, and, and beautiful. Most definitely, and you know. What I was going to say was, I even noticed that, though, with the names being on the opposite direction of the <laughs> actors. And I'm like, this does not make any no. sense at all. <laughs> you know? And it bothers me. I'm not OCD or anything, <laughs> but it seems like when it comes down to, like, entertainment, like, with posters, I'm OCD when it comes to <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> you know? But, you know, it just shows to sh- that just goes to show you how much I actually care and the passion that I yeah. have for films. For me to care about something like that artistically but uh, back to the uh, trailer though in itself I definitely love the camera angle that was actually used because I pay a lot of attention to yeah. like, camera angles 
and stuff like that. I don't know if you listen to any of my podcast episodes or anything like that. I'm going to, definitely. I always pay attention. But yeah, I pay attention to camera angles big time. And the introduction into the bar scene was really good. <laughs> you mean like right at the beginning of, of the trailer where we see him sitting at the bar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the scene that I like. Right. Because it gives us a first uh, introduction into this character. It shows the confidence that this character has, which yeah. is very little. It shows him just being wore down with everyday <laughs> life and just repeating the same stuff over and over again. It's like that Nine Inch Nails song uh, by Trent Reznor says. I believe I can see the future because, I can, uh, because I'm doing the same thing yeah. over and over again. And that's exactly it what he's is. doing. And he's caught in that nine-to-five routine. He doesn't like his job and he doesn't have a way out of that. And yeah, I'm glad you got that from that scene. That's exa- exactly what we wanted to convey with that. Exactly. And I actually do. I feel like a connectivity <laughs> with this character Great. and stuff like that as well. You know, like I remember like my preteen <laughs> years where I didn't know how to talk to a girl. Like my this is how I approach the girl. I like cookies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One way of doing it. And you know, and the girl's like, okay, uh Yeah. <laughs> but but then there's also the dating life, mm-hmm. you know, that I went through. And going on dating oh. apps and stuff like that. I remember, and you mm-hmm. were talking about rejection, right? I remember this one girl. She turned me down oh. because of my height. I'm like, I'm like, girl, I said, there's nothing I can do about my height. This, this, well, this, this, this is too small. <laughs> okay. Too short, <laughs> basically. But I'm, all, but I'm also an inch Ooh, taller than she is. So I was like, right. I said, I said, look, I'm only an inch taller than you. And I said that in front of her at Best Buy. Because that's actually oh. what she works at at that time. So I said, I said, look, I'm actually an inch taller than you. So I don't get yeah, where you're Yeah, you should tell her to get the hell out and of I the said, high heels and then there's no problem. <laughs> right, exactly. But, I mean, I'm in a better place and everything now. I got that's my good. girlfriend and stuff like Glad that. For you. But, yeah, so... You know, I definitely have that confidence booster with everything, so, you know. Yeah. But this guy, though, but your character, though, is just, uh, I like the layers that you actually give him. And enough room Mm -hmm. to play around with to where he transitions into a ladies' man, if you actually think about it. This love guru, (laughs) kind of. (laughs) And... Well, I have a quick question for you. How long did it actually take you to write that kind of movie and the creativeness behind it? So I started out with this, having this idea of the Midas touch with the woman. You know, so what would happen? What if, you know, the magical what if? I just thought of What would happen if somebody had this ability to, you know, touch women and just win them over and then be all over that? Probably what's in the back of my mind is, you know, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that's every guy's wish it to be so easy. You work yourself into a frenzy just thinking, oh, should I talk to her or should I not talk to her? And then what I was thinking early on when you mentioned um, self-esteem is the bottom line of self-esteem, what is really hard, especially when you're in your teens, is 
you got to think your attitude's got to be, if she says no to me, it's her loss so much more than mine. You know? And then that's fine with me. I'll find somebody else. If she can't appreciate me, if she doesn't see in me what I have to offer, it's her loss. And then also it's fine. I can go someplace else. But I found, you know, from my own experience, is it really helps if you get turned down a lot. There was a phase in my life when I just spoke to a girl randomly, you know. And then it doesn't really hurt that much anymore with, when they're not interested. And then you focus on the ones that are interested. And and then you, you, you know, right. your self-esteem developed from that. But going back to your, your question, so I had this, this idea um, of that Midas touch. And then I thought of, of somebody who runs a seminar. That, that was a separate idea. I wanted to, to actually do a stand-up of somebody as kind of like a faux uh, common women show, you know, like you know, self-help seminar. But the guy who does the self-help seminar, who wants to help a man uh, be better at coming on to women, doesn't really have a clue. And then he, he gets to talk about how he really is uh, uh, frustrated with all of that. And so I, I combined that. And I thought, what, what would happen if this guy's really down on his love? And he goes to this self-help seminar, but it doesn't help at all. And then he's really ready. He really needs the Midas touch. And then the writing of the screenplay after all of that had you know, kind of built up in my head. It was really fast. I, I wrote it over a period of, of uh, three weeks, you know, just getting up really early in the morning, writing a lot. And then that was it. There were very, very small, very minor adjustments after that. And um, that's that's... Yeah, then that was it. And that was, you know, because I, I think one of the problems is also when we talk for a moment about screenwriting is a lot of people think you, you the more you overdo it, the more versions you have, the better it, it gets. And then, you know, obviously in Hollywood, then they have somebody else write over it to put some jokes into it. And, and, and you know, it gets a kind of, at the end, it gets kind of like this thing that everybody likes and is not annoyed by, but it, it's actually kind of boring. And so I believe in impulses and in, in, in really coming up with something that is from one person, from one kind of stream of consciousness moment. And I trust that. And I, I you know, make the occasional adjustment here yeah, that really doesn't work that well. But then I stay with that. And I think that is organic if you, if you don't, Overdo it if you don't overwork it, if you don't change it that much. If you, you think about it first and then it grows in your head and then you just write it down. It's a bit of like, you know, the Mozart used to say when they asked him, is, is the opera ready? And then, yeah, it's ready. I just have to write it down <laughs> because it's all in his head. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you see, I used to do a lot of screenwriting and stuff like that too. Like I'm in the process mm-hmm. of writing something else, but... You know, I understand what it is like to actually go in, have an idea, write it down. And that's actually pretty cool that you actually took a a course of a couple of days and everything to write this film. That's very impressive. You're very welcome. It just goes to show how talented you are to be able to come (laughs) up with something like that. And, you know, I have to say, um, the passion that you actually show within the film itself is going to I tell definitely you. hope that's going to come true. Yeah, it's nice to hear that from someone. Like, now I have a quick question too. Now, is this before COVID? Yeah, this, like this was pre-COVID, COVID, or... definitely. 
And okay. I worked, I had the okay. idea in um, 2014. Then we did a little bit of, of a short film that, you know, just some scenes of the movie to showcase it to people in 2015. And now we shot it basically in, in 17 and I edited it in, in 18. And so it's been ready for a while. And then I went to the film markets. I went to Hong Kong and then in Cannes in France in 2018 to try and showcase that. And then I got a little bit of a, of a, a bad uh, um, distribution deal with someone who wasn't really behind it. <laughs> with that oh, was, boy. I should write a comedy about that too. You know, the guy, when he wrote back, to me when I asked him how the movie's doing and he misspelled the title of the movie. He kept on oh, the, the media's touch with IAS. I thought he can't be that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so how did it, uh, how, okay. And then I, I get somebody else. <laughs> okay. Um, how did he actually spell it again? Because I'm, uh, okay. He spelled it M-I-D-I-A-S. <laughs> oh my Midias. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would not have sold well. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. So no. I was really, then I just thought, okay, that can't be the end of it. You know, I really got to go for that. And then wrote to, uh, you know, had a new wave of, of energy after I've been, you know, depressed for quite some time. And then I contacted a lot of new distribution companies. And then I ended up with this distributor who's called Indie Ride Movies that you might have come across on Instagram too. And they're going to, they're actually in the process of uploading the movie. And that's when we got into a bit of a trouble with the poster because Amazon thought this is offensive. And so this is where we're at right now. This is where we're too mad and why I'm sending out the, you know, on Instagram, you know, for listeners of your podcast, you know that I send out, you know, the poster and right. then censored because, um, uh, Amazon is, is, is giving us a bit of a hard time because they don't like that. And I wanted to hear people's opinions. And I got some really nice remarks. Actually, there are people who, who don't see that, who, who ask me, why is it censored? And then I write back to them and say, you know, some people say, a, a vagina, see a vagina in it. Well, that will do it. <laughs> yeah, no vaginas for us, no. <laughs> you know, that's that's a, a, the problem about big corporations like Amazon. They're really pussies when it comes to vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that they don't like is the thing that they are. Yeah, what it could be. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I know people that said, uh, you might need to change the poster. <laughs> and everything I said, to be honest with you, I understand what he's going for. I know some people might not, but I totally understand him. <laughs> if I was yeah. part of Amazon, I probably would have put it on there. <laughs> could be, could be. You know, I I think this. You know, there's a bit of a difference in in sensibility also uh, between Europe and the states, and we, it's a bit. These things are actually not seen as as that offensive because we've had movies. I don't know if you're familiar with Europeans and French or Italian movies of yeah. the 70s. They've had full frontal nudity all the time. No, nobody gives a damn. Nobody would even say this should be age-restricted because they think well, it's just new people, you know, that that's not that bad. But right. um, it's, a, it's a bit different in the States, right? What, what do you think about that? Or what, what's right. your it's opinion totally on that? The, right, because it's totally different in the States. In Europe, it's considered art, artistic, when it, when you look at a naked woman, because that's yeah. what I was taught in art class, and that's what I was told in, in theater. In Europe, 
and everything, it's okay for a woman to be naked because they actually look at the beauty of the woman being naked, not of the lust that goes behind it. Yeah. And everything. With us in the States, our imaginations just go haywire. (laughs) You know know what I'm saying? Like, it goes into the perversion of everything. Right. And doesn't, doesn't, they don't look at the beauty of the woman Mm. or anything like that. They look at... They look at everything else besides that, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that makes sense or not. It does. But, it does a lot. And you know, I wish that we could actually think like Europeans do whenever it comes down to artistic work, where it's not about the nudity of the woman; it's about the beauty of the woman, yeah, and everything, or a piece of art. Because here's the thing: I love European culture. I love. Uh, Roman uh, culture and stuff like that. I'm a huge history buff <laughs> and stuff like that too. Okay. So, you know, I understand the difference between the two. The people, I feel like people that are growing up now, they don't understand the difference and don't know how to separate themselves from that. Probably not. Right? And that's the problem, I believe. That's, a, that's part of a 2020 culture. Uh, and world that we live in, in the United States. But, you know, what I don't get is, okay, you have nudity, and an old, this is just me using an example of a Meg Ryan movie called In the Cut, where it shows a woman's bush in the in the first five minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. That's okay to ch- show. Yeah. But have a poster to make you think some, about something artistically and ask questions about? <laughs> What the hell, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it definitely has to do also with um, the history, you know, of, of censorship. And in the States, it has to do with mm-hmm. you know, what's allowed on television. And obviously, you know, it's different if you have cable television. And But this, this high level of hypocrisy is that sometimes if, if you look at it from an outsider's point of view, it's really funny. But if, if people say, you know, some of it and then they be, it's kind of ridiculous to beat that because everybody mm-hmm. knows what's underneath the beef. And now in the, I keep reading in magazines, it, they used to say, uh, write F asterisk X asterisk K because they don't want to write fuck. And now they write just F one asterisk and then right. TK. And I don't know if these people don't know what the point of the taboo is. The point of the taboo are not the letters. The point of the taboo is that you don't, provoke that image of that word in the people's heads. So you, you, mm-hmm. you're not on the safe side. You're not a, a better person if you say, oh, they said the F word. That's exactly the same thing as saying fuck. You're doing the same thing. Right. It's, it's just hypocrisy, nothing more. Right. And not only that, but, okay, I remember back in the day, they actually had this thing where they changed the F word into something different. They have this machine, right, mm-hmm. where you can actually take this and put it on the TV, and it changes ass into clown. Oh, I see. And Must so be basically, right, so basically you're cussing at somebody and calling them a clown still oh. and calling them an ass. Oh, so make it you know, kind of harmless, almost cast right. where it's not as, as strong. And it's, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's still the same difference. There's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? But 
I don't like censorship. I've never been a fan of censorship. Mm-hmm. Me neither. And that's something I wanted to actually talk about with you too. So I'm glad you actually brought that up because I'm going to use Kevin Smith, for example, mm-hmm. because in Zach and Mur- Murray make a porn. Oh, I love that. That's so funny. I love that movie. <laughs> it, it was a funny movie. I'm going to give it that. And did you know that they actually had to change the title because they can't have the word porno being in a movie poster. That's ridiculous. Just for the word of it, you know, because kids right. might ask, what's a porno, Daddy? Hey, Mama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's a porno? Uh, I'll tell you what it's going your Disney movie, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah. so they actually had to change that to Zach and Mary makes a, makes a movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, well, I cannot understand the movie with that, you know, the tagline. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. And I could just see someone st- standing there not seeing the previews because I have seen the previews, but I could just see them. What kind of movie are they making? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's what, the deal what, with making a movie? Who would. <laughs> what problem is involved in making it just any movie? <laughs> right. Is this a documentary movie? What kind of movie is this? You know what? It has Seth Rogen in it. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so you know, I don't understand censorship on some things. You know, there's some things I understand. There's some things I just I've always been the type of person that question everything. Yeah, that's good. so good for you. Thanks, because here's the thing: I'm a big fan of the of Howard Stern and about what he stands <laughs> for with censorship. Yeah, because I don't like censorship. No. It, it it is what it is. If it's actually if it's a if it's a zebra, it's a zebra. You don't try and sugarcoat it and turn it into something different. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. Definitely. Okay. But, you know, I mean, I'm just glad that you actually brought that up because I was going to talk to you about it. And I just don't understand about censorships around the world because I know there are certain things that Europe uh, has censorship over, right? Or is – or – are they not, or is your country not on censorship or anything like that? Well, there are age restrictions, um, but they're, they're different. You know, it's it's funny okay. because there's strong age restrictions on on violence. So if it's a very violent right. movie, it might be PG thirteen in the states, and it's just over eighteen here. For example, there used to be the, those movies. Uh, when they advocate self-justice and, and it was really brutal. And people over here said, oh, this is, you know, might be disorienting for, for young people. So we better have this over 18 because that, that's propagating self-justice. And, but with the, so that's the, this way around is with the violence, but with uh, sex, it's just the other way around. There's some <laughs> movies that are NC-17 in the States that you could see when you're 13 or 12 because it's just brief nudity and nobody gives a fuck about that. <laughs> right. Especially in the 80s. The 80s had some nudity that was oh, PG-13 yes. <laughs> that didn't have any business being PG-13 in the first place. Yeah. I think my first time I saw a tit was in an 80s movie, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was PG-13. But I was just going to ask you about the MPA laws compared to the United mm-hmm. States. If you can actually give me an example of a movie that's in the United States, that's from the United States and over into Europe, which I wanted to know the MPA laws as far as that goes. All right. So the, the bottom line is a bit of what I like, what I said before. So with um, what we... Do actually, we don't have this 
law unaccompanied. So if it's a, a, an age restriction, it's the age restriction and you can see it no matter if you come with your grandmother or your parents. <laughs> it's just 18 <laughs> or just 16 and no way you're going to get in if, you know, if they're controlling that. So that's one difference. Um, okay. So uh, I think you have parental guidance like for, for some movies, right? For, what is that? For how old you have to be or what, what is a parental guidance or PG-13 is parental guidance Right. So that means and then, but, if you're younger than 13, your parents can decide to take you to that movie, right? Right, but you can also get in with no parent at a PG-13 movie. Oh, right. I see. And parental guidance is just uh, the parents using their guidance, uh, you know, pretty much where it's like, okay, my kid can go see this movie, but there might be a parental person there with that child and stuff like that. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like guiding them. Yeah, how uh, is he? And trying to... Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, G is just guidance, but there is hardly any G-rated movies out anymore. Right. So, oh, now that but you, then, you're asking me about um, censorship in, in Europe, I remember one funny thing that was actually... What was that movie called that some Rhymey got famous for Dance, Dance of the Devils or something? The Devils, the horror movie that he made like two or three episodes with zombies and... Oh. And it was something that's a different type. Anyway, so it was it was not even uh, age restricted, but it was when it came out, like in in um, the eighties. Let me Google this. Let me just okay, get that title. That's not a problem. But now I'm interested uh, <laughs> because by mm. Evil Dead. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. And, and yeah, so, I love that movie. You did, and it was actually completely forbid, forbidden in Germany for some time, and, and because they thought it's too brutal and it's not allowed, and then they had to they went <laughs> over that, and they said years after that they said, "Oh, it's actually not what did they call it before dehumanizing?" And then they said, "Oh no, they don't kill humans; they kill zombies, so it's okay." <laughs> and they changed their mind. It's okay for them to destroy zombies, <laughs> yes. which is also the same thing as people. <laughs> yes, but that was the reason. So that was the one thing I remember. But sorry, I, I think I interrupted you there. You were about to, to say something. No, no, it's perfectly fine. I'm glad that we're actually talking about this. Oh, it right. just shows you the ba- it just shows you the backwards <laughs> of certain things that people think of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the absurdity of it. It is <laughs> because I don't understand it, man. I really don't. And, you know, I I, you know? I understand that that people say, okay, I want to see this, and I want to I want to be protected from from this. I want to see this with my with my uh, children, and when I see a movie with my children, I don't want a trailer come up with you know intense nudity and and some some language that I don't want my children to hear. That's all fine. But when it comes to the point that a whole company bows to that and says, we're not just going to give everybody their niche with their sensibilities taken care of. No, but we're going to say the prudest person and the, you know, the people that make the most, most fuss, they decide what we can show to, to people. Obviously, you can then show them the, the, the movies. Then, but, you know, with the poster, that's, that's one a thing where I think it's just outrageous to to censor right. that kind of, of of poster, which is completely nuts because it's just harmless, and it also stands for something. You know, my you know the the woman from um, 
my, my distributor wrote to me, said, uh, Amazon said it's, it's offensive. And then I thought, what kind of message is that uh, to, to women? You know, I'm <laughs> finding the feminist deep inside of me somewhere, thinking, well, right. how can this be offensive? It's a, a genitals of a woman. That's, that's beautiful. And we, I think we made them look beautiful. And that was our intention, to celebrate that, to ce- celebrate uh, to be a woman and, and to celebrate the power, like you, you referenced and you understood in the beginning. So that's not offensive. I don't really think I cannot relate to that kind of thinking at all. <laughs> right. Maybe you might, maybe Netflix might be able to get, yeah, get it for probably. you. You know, but, you know, another thing too, like in the States, you know, is they cannot show a baby being killed by a monster. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Look, yeah. Okay. On Stephen King's It remake, before they cut the scene out, they were going to have the clown actually eat a baby. Oh, yeah. And the, they, then the studio said, look, we're gonna, you're going to have to cut that out of the movie because by MPA laws, you cannot have a, um, a killer clown or any type of being eating a baby right. or killing a baby in any nature. Yeah, but so that's interesting because usually um, filmmakers don't attempt to do that because usually when it, when you think of the worst you know slasher movies, with very few exceptions, they never hurt really young children or babies because right. the filmmaker knows if he does that, he loses the audience. <laughs> he just hates the movie if that happens. You know, some people, you know, say right. the same thing about women and they say it's, it's, it's sexist if you, you know, really show a woman in a helpless position and have her brutally murdered. And there's some movies that really distaste. Less. Well, but, but, you know, with, with children, I think that's deliberate, that filmmakers don't want to do that because it doesn't go down well with the audience. <laughs> no, absolutely not, because you're taking the innocence yeah. away from, from that. And also, too, it also brings me <clears throat> up to Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, where they actually killed oh, yeah. that that little boy, and that was ballsy in in the eighties to do something like but that. But that was diff- it was ballsy, and it was different right. because it was not for a show, it was not for a horror effect. But that was the beginning of the movie. But that because we had to. Right understand the father, how he could not accept this fate, how he wanted to basically appeal right. to the devil. So that was really tough, but that it was the beginning of the story, so I, I think that's uh, understandable. Right. But Balsy, yeah, I think it was. Right. And yeah, as long as it has motivation mm-hmm. behind it, it's okay, but as far as a baby goes and just putting it in there in that context without any layers to show for it, yeah, I can definitely tell that that's a big no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, too, with The Walking Dead, also, they weren't allowed to show a baby being turned into a zombie or anything like that, or a baby being eaten. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's also those laws as well for national for networking TV. All right. So I didn't know about that. That's interesting. So that's the you know the kind of the. Uh, Bureau that oversees what is, but that's just, you know, not for cable television. It's different uh, regulations, right? If it's HBO, for example. Or is that a general Yeah, because, yeah, because here's the thing. I just found out something recently about a year ago about uh, HBO. 
they don't have to follow any NPA laws. No, right? That's what I was thinking too. Or, right, which I find fascinating because they don't have to follow any NPA laws or anything like that because they have their own network. And because they have their own network within a cable company in itself, they don't really have to follow any NPA laws. All they have to do is show the rating, the mature content, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. it. <clears throat> that's why they have had fought for quite some time in, in many, many scenes, right? So that's that's different. What right. you still don't get to see in, in ABC or NBC or CBS. I wonder when that's going to change. Right. Do you think that's going to change anytime soon? Or, or it's just the, the people that well, take offense are, you know, in a way, people taking offense are becoming more powerful than, than ever before, right? Well, we are getting more diverse within television and everything, though, too. We already have gay relationships being shown on TV, which we never thought that that would actually happen. Yeah, that changed that. There's diverse and sexuality on television, which is different. Yeah, there's no nudity or anything like that. But we are getting characters that are bisexual, that are transgendered, that are different differences. And everybody's different in their own yes. unique way. So, you know, there are some diversities that's actually going on right now. That's I never would have actually thought that I would actually see on TV. And also, too, ABC is also owned by Disney, mm-hmm. I believe. And that's actually something that I'm really am surprised about because you know how strict Disney is with certain things. But I'm glad that they're actually embracing most of that now. Yes, and, and actually it's come, become quite the, the opposite these days. Uh, white actors get into trouble uh, if, if they are cast in, like, Asian roles. And then because rightfully people say, well, don't we have Asian actors who could play? I remember Scarlett Johansson got some flack for that. And so that's good because I think it's the time now also these groups who represent um, different parts of different ethnic groups, they have, they used to be just popular among very leftist part of the, of society, but they have more more of an influence these days. And it's actually good. That, you know, the last thing that was a major change was when they decided, I think, the Oscar regulations, right? A movie must have yep. a certain amount of, of diversity, but it's a bit, you know, easy to fulfill that, I think, because they say you know, many loopholes, it just has to be in the casting and the crew. But I think it's good that people are aware of that. And, um, you know, it was not so much even just down to pure racism. It's just that, you know, like that safety thing, you know, the Hollywood and because Hollywood traditionally is more left wing than right wing. And so they thought, oh, we don't know if people want to see an African-American lead. And now we've had so many movies where they see it does work with that Black Panther and they, they see, you know, right. That bottom line is, the model is money. They see they can money, they can make money with it. Then they're all for inclusion, right. and, and so that's great because now Hollywood and, and uh, other people in the industry understand that you can make money. That people do want to see. That also white people want to see uh, leads that are Asian or, or also people who are, right. um, from, from have a different uh, sexuality are interested in stories of somebody mm-hmm. else because people are curious and so that's good i think a lot of more is, is going to develop in the next couple of years in that respect oh most definitely and you know when i first saw black panther in the theaters i was giddy at the fact not because i was seeing a comic book movie 
but seeing the African-American community come out and being represented in a way that it hasn't been represented before. And also, too, I was like, well, there was all Blade was not the first was the first comic book. I said, yeah, Blade was the first comic book movie. And also Blade is the first comic book movie that saved the comic book universe from being destroyed because we had a little film called uh, Batman and Robin to where studios didn't want to take a chance on that <laughs> after they actually yeah. saw that film. But but Black Panther sets the pantheon of all comic book movies because it's being set up because of the fact that it's being set in an African Amer- in an African setting in Africa. All black cast and very diverse yeah. and it's set beautifully and they're being represented in a way that they actually need to be presented in. And they're seeing the characters that they can actually connect with. And that's what made me really giddy at the fact that they're actually sitting through a two and a half hour movie and they're being represented in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a major change. I was just reminded that the approach traditionally is so, so different because uh, in the States it it seems to be, there's still a lot of, uh, Different groups that claim together their own group. Because I was so surprised when I when I read something about a movie being written, and then they 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 said, "Also, oh, is this character written for an African American, or do you have African American uh, uh, characters written in there?" So that is saying you you write them in there. And I I was kind of surprised. I thought you know you just write it for a human being, and then when the casting comes along, you see if you find the right black actor or the right white actor. Well, obviously sometimes it it right. depends on you know the, the certain of the story. It has to be black or white. But the, the, that kind of approach that you put that in the writing instead of saying this is a universal story, and then we we see what kind of person is the best for the part of that <laughs> was weird to me because I could never think of what's just right, right for ethnicity unless you know the movie's set in China in the fifth century or something like that right <laughs> right because don't forget Disney also got in trouble for whitewashing with uh yeah. Aladdin yeah they were trying to did you did you hear about the fact that they were trying to spray paint or put um the tanning stuff on white actors to make them look like they're Arabic. I'm, I I don't think they did that. In which movie was that? There was one movie that was in Egypt that was by Ridley Scott. I think that I heard that about that. Oh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Prince of Persia. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's actually the, um, what's this guy called? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. He was the lead in that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the so Prince the, of Persia movie. Basically, so they spray tanned them uh, to to be a different race or, no. or to be really darker than. Well, the movie Aladdin with uh, Will Smith, uh, where he's actually the genie, is a remake of right. the cartoon of the animated oh, cartoon from Disney. Let me see that. Yeah, so it's a new live action movie with uh, that's part of Disney's live action okay. movies and stuff like that. But in the making of that film, they were actually trying to. Uh, put that if you actually Google it and everything, they were actually trying to tan white Americans to be <laughs> Arabic. <laughs> I'm like, really? You couldn't find someone that was Arabic. You already have kind of an Arabic right. kind of cast. 
but you could not find any more for extra. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought we were way so, past that. And, it, you know, it has to be convincing. Remember um, the movie uh, Captain Phillips with um, Tom Hanks? And yeah. that was, they took all yeah. African, um, what's the, which African country is that? I think Sudan or was some, anyway, they took, they went to the community in, one big community, I think, Philadelphia, something, and, and talked to people. There were actually most of them not, not professional actors yet. And the guy who got the part was wonderful, and he got an Oscar nomination straight off the bat. Remember, they would have tried to you know, pull that off with some white guy with a spade tan, <laughs> would have killed the whole movie, not the authenticity of the movie. So it's silly to even go for that. I mean, we, we should be past that by now. Exactly. As a matter of fact, the name of the guy that got nominated is uh, Barkhad Adabi, I think. Abadi. And get this, he actually played in Castle Rock for season two. (laughs) And I love him as an actor. He's a fantastic actor. Um, But another thing I want to mention, though, is this. If it wasn't for Black Panther, I don't think we would have actually gotten Crazy Rich. Was that? I don't know. I thought that was on before. I'm not sure. This has to be checked, though, because sometimes they're in the the pipeline. Sometimes what happens is a lot of scripts get sent one way, you know, back and forth, and then something happens like Black Panther, and all of a sudden the the studios jump on that. It could be. I don't know about the chronology of that, but you might be right. You would have to check on that. Mm. Probably so. Well, it came out in the same year. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians came out in the same year oh, as Black okay. Panther. But I want to say, if it wasn't for Black Panther, we wouldn't have gone Crazy Rich Asians because now we have the Asians, com- the Asian community, being received in the same way that Black Panther is being received in, and we're under trying to understand their culture, just like how African Americans and everything in Africa. We're able to connect with it, and we're trying to understand their culture sure. for the very first time. So that's the connectivity I actually made with right. rich Asians. But, yeah, and when then talking about um, you know, the change in, in that um, regard, one big step forward was last. I think it was this year when Parasite got that many Oscars, which is you know definitely deserved. It was a great movie. It was the first time a non-English speaking movie. One for best movie, right? Did you see that? Parasite, that was just great. Wonderful movie. Yeah, Parasite. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed that, that one. That was a full-layered movie that when you look at it, you just think every scene is it's perfect. You can't think of one detail in any scene, any moment that you would have wanted to be any different, right? And that's, it's, yeah, i got to see that again. One of these things was yeah. really great. Exactly, and also makes you think. I love movies that actually makes you sit there and think. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, because I like smart movies to where they don't treat their audience <laughs> like they're dumb. And not many. To where they actually have to explain everything <laughs> to them. But that, you know, you, you get that these days with, the, well, bottom line with a lot of these these. Uh, Superhero movies, which are so successful because they, if you look at the list of the 100 you know, most successful movies, you know, 60 or 70 of them are superhero movies, but they are kind of, you know, easy in their structure and, and their 
Manichaean ways and good versus evil. And then I always say, yeah, you look at that dance, you character's a bit more complicated. But when you compare that to the level of complexity of three-dimensional characters that we've had in movies and literature for, you know, literature 200, 300 years, it, I do think it's a step back. And it's actually more designed for children. And it's, no, you know, definitely like not. Theme part right, that's what Martin Scorsese said, right? I always just criticism about that. And I exactly. think I wholeheartedly agree with that. And... <laughs> Thank you. Um... <laughs> but there's something there's one more thing I want to get uh talk about before we actually end. And you know how Steven Spielberg was talking about the fact that Netflix is not allowed well he was actually saying movies on Netflix will never get nominated for a movie because of the fact that it has to be played in the movie theater in order for it yeah, to be like it nominated. Was, right? Right. But I love what they did with the Irishman with Marshall Stacey's movie. It's like, okay. All right, Steven. We got something <laughs> yeah. for you, buddy. We're going to release this film in a course of three days, a limited release, and put it back on Netflix, and therefore it can get nominated yeah, for an Academy little, Award. You know, like, up yours. <laughs> yeah, but probably they're going to change those regulations. Right. And because like that, they're not, they don't make any sense anymore, right? No, it's like the old way of thinking and everything. Because think of it like this. All the old ways of thinking, pretty much like all the old timers and everything, are already pretty much <laughs> gone now. So the old ways of doing yeah. business is pretty much dead. So now the new age is going to be coming in to do things differently. Yes, I agree. And, you know... I understand where Steven's actually coming from because he comes from the old school of thinking about things. But who's to say that Netflix can't buy a movie theater and also play movies that yeah. are for Netflix? I think they could do that eventually. I think I remember that you know historically there was a, a time in the thirties when they came up with some laws that yep. production companies are not allowed to run movie theaters because they were afraid of. Monopolies, right? I don't. I'm actually not sure that those laws right. still exist. If they would have to change before that, and do you know about that? Oh, yeah, those laws have actually changed. Oh, now really? Okay. Where I you can that. do that? Where, yep. Um, I don't think it's going to be part of the mon- uh, monopolizing like they thought it was back in those days in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. I want to say whenever they came up with that law. But yeah, the mob, uh, the mob, uh, uh, but yeah, I want to say that a movie theater that a studio can actually buy, yeah, a okay, movie theater good. and not yeah, monopolize. Okay, so interesting, good to know. So that's changing. Well, it's a, a completely different situation. Not that monopolies are not a problem these days, looking at you know Amazon and Google, and you know, they right. have, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> Right, exactly, and you know I've all you know I could get into <laughs> yeah. Disney and Fox <laughs> for a while, so that's yeah. a story for another day, man. I mean, but you know I you know what I just had a blast just chatting <laughs> with you and just 
you know, this has been a great. I know that it's early in the morning over there. I know the time differences. Don't you know, worry. Big, don't worry. Thing, <laughs> you you kept me up and you kept me away, but it was a pleasure. And I, I wasn't tired. One more. <laughs> Good talking to you. Thanks for having me, John. I'm and glad, I, man. I want, just want to say this before we end. I Anytime. appreciate so much what you do for movies and the time you put in and the way you have those different channels. You have Twitter and Facebook. You have the podcast. So all the best to you and just keep up the good work, man. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, man. I do appreciate that a lot. That means a lot coming from you. It really does. When you told me that this morning, that made my whole entire day. I'm going to be honest with you. Because I'm moved by that. I really am. And before you actually go, I want you to be able to put your tags in. So that way people can follow you. So we're on Instagram. So on Instagram, we're at the Midas Touch 2020. Because, you know, the Midas Touch was already taken. So we had to do something else. And we have the homepage of a movie, which is the Midas Touch dot online now people keep saying i know it's online but what is the okay. online now is is a uh like commerce so that that's a what do you call that and that's a, a whole part of the internet it's just online so it's the the midas touch dot online and you right. will have you know, like you you've seen i think you get the the, the, the song the music that we get pictures we get the trailer everything's on there yep. and of course we'll keep you informed when we're going to be released by Indie Ride Movies. Okay. And another thing, too, guys, is at the end of this episode, uh, or at the, I'm going to have, uh, how about, I don't know. How many I sent you three. You There's one very short one that's, that's called okay. uh, Slapstick in A Minor. <laughs> Maybe you can play that. That's just like okay. the title song. It's run for, for just, I think it's 20 seconds okay. or something. Not very long. Okay. So I'm going to play that at the very beginning as the intro. Perfect. For everybody that's listening. And then, yeah, that would be perfect for the intro, just to give everybody a little taste of something different. Great. I'm going to have my intro, Thank then you. your intro. Then the, and you're welcome. And then I'm going to have one more song for the outro. So that way it can actually help with your movie and stuff like that to promote your movie. Um, sure, I appreciate sure. you sending that to me, by the way. Um, and of course, everybody, you guys can follow me at Movie Lovers Unite on Facebook, uh, at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. We also have a webpage now for all your entertainment needs. It's called www.movieloversunite.com. You guys can also go on ahead if you guys feel like that you guys can. If you guys can't, I understand. But if you want to donate towards the show, we actually have a GoFundMe page now, and you can do, donate that way. Or you can go on ahead, get me oh, do do this, go on ahead and get me jacked up on some coffee by going to <laughs> www.buymeacoffee.com. And what that does is you can donate a cups of cup of cup of cups of coffee to me, and that will be a tribute of that's sweet. That's a nice idea. I like that. Show. Another thing too. Thanks, I do appreciate that. As a matter of fact, I one of my uh, independent directors that I'm actually friends with was the one who actually <laughs> told me about buymeacoffee.com. So Great. I'm actually happy that I actually had that. So it's, bu- it's buymeacoffee.com slash movie lovers. Then also, too, we have a Patreon now. And this month's Patreon, for a $10 tier, you actually have classic movies that Tamika and I are going to be reviewing. 
uh, for like, matter of fact, we're actually doing Caesar, the 1956 film for our classic movies. And then for a $20 tier, we're actually doing documentary series for a $10 tier. Then for a $20 tier, you get all that, plus you also get a digital movie. So you have all that plus shout outs. And then, of course, you guys can also go on ahead, reach me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit, or you can go on ahead and follow me at John DiGorio8 on Twitter. And then, also, guys, we also have a YouTube channel called Movie Lovers Unite. And tomorrow night, 8 o'clock uh, Central Time, 8.30 Central Time, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, we're actually going to have a Back to the oh. Future trilogy, trilogy review. And I cannot wait to dive into this. (laughs) But uh, so that's what we have going on. We also have a Pinterest, Movie Lovers TV, Lovers Unite. And that's pretty much everywhere that you can actually follow me. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcast. That's where we're actually on. And always until next time, bye bye. (laughs) 